This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم أفرأيت الذي كفر بآياتنا وقال لأوتين مالا وولدا أطلع الغيب أم اتخذ عند الرحمن عهدا كلا سنكتب ما يقول ونمد له من العذاب مدا ونرثه ما يقول ويأتينا فردا واتخذوا من دون الله آلهة ليكونوا لهم عزا كلا سيكفرون بعبادتهم ويكونون عليهم ضدا ألم تر أنا أرسلنا الشياطين على الكافرين تأزهم أزا فلا تعجل عليهم إنما نعد لهم عدا يوم نحشر المتقين إلى الرحمن وفدا ونسوق المجرمين إلى جهنم وردا لا يملكون الشفاعة إلا من اتخذ عند الرحمن عهدا الحمد لله رب العالمين والعاقبة للمتقين والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين وعلى آله وصحبه ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين In yesterday's درس, in yesterday's passage we read about where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam to say, to announce, to proclaim to the people that whosoever is drowning in misguidance فَلْيَمْدُدْ لَهُ الرَّحْمَنُ Allah is going to give him a certain amount of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it is only appropriate, it is only befitting for Ar-Rahman to give him some leeway, to give him some rope, to give him a little bit of flexibility. Let him leave him just for a little bit. حَتَّى إِذَا رَأَوْ مَا يُعَدُونَ Until he, the time comes when they have seen that which they were promised, إِمَّا الْعَذَابَ وَإِمَّا السَّاعَةَ Whether that be doom and destruction as uh, in the form of a punishment in this world, or that be the occurrence of the Day of Judgment, or it could even be the death of every individual. Because as I mentioned before, there are narrations which mention the fact that when a person dies, he leaves his world, in, in essence, his qiyamah has started. His qiyamah has begun. فَسَيَعْلَمُونَ مَنْ هُوَ شَرٌ مَكَانًا وَأَضَعَفُ جُنْدًا So in response to their arrogance and their boasting to the believers, قَالِ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَيُّ الْفَرِيقَيْنِ خَيْرٌ مَقَامًا وَأَحْسَنُ نَدِيًا They were bragging. Which one of us has is in a higher status socially speaking? Which one of us hangs out with more influential, powerful people? So what are you trying to talk about here that you're successful and we're going towards failure and doom and um, we're going towards destruction? Look at look at who's 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 winning right now? Who who who's winning right now? And what's to say that if we're winning here, then we'll be winning there? And that's how things work. At least that's how things worked in their mind. 
So here, Allah responds to them and says, فَسَيَعْلَمُونَ Very soon they will come to know, مَنْ هُوَ شَرٌ مَكَانًا Who was actually in the worst position, وَأَضْعَفُ جُنْدًا And who had the weakest support system. And I talked at length about what that means, about this support system. And actually, the ayat that are coming are actually going to elaborate on their the weakness of their support system. Allah then says, وَيَزِيدُ اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ اهْتَدَوْ هُدَىٰ That the people who follow the guidance, when guidance is provided to them, laid out for them, and they follow it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will further continue to increase them in guidance. He'll keep guiding them more and more and more, further and further and further. وَالْبَاقِيَاتُ صَالِحَاتُ خَيْرٌ عِنْدَ رَبِّكْ ثَوَابًا وَخَيْرٌ مَرَدًّا And good deeds. And it, it describes the good deeds as baqiyat. As baqiyat, those that are everlasting, those that are long-lasting, and I talked about that yesterday. As salihat are good, khairun, they are better. Inda rabbika thawaban, near your Lord when it comes to reward. There'll be a better reward waiting for such deeds. And I explained how this is not just making a comparison between people like the disbelievers versus the believers, but this is even within the believers, it's motivating the believers to raise their level. That there are people who might be at a more basic level that are just okay with what the previous ayah, ayah number 72 had mentioned, ثُمَّ نُنَجِّ الَّذِينَ اتَّقَوْ They're okay with the fact that the simple fact that Allah will save us. Allah will save us, good enough for me. But here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is motivating the believers, no, 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 strive for good deeds. Strive for deeds that are everlasting. Strive to live a life that is filled with such deeds. وَالْبَاقِيَاتُ صَالِحَاتُ خَيْرٌ عِنْدَ رَبِّكُ Why? Because this is better with your Lord. ثَوَابًا In terms of its reward. You want a higher reward. And we talked about this earlier in the surah, about how the only regret that people in paradise will have is, every single moment I spent without worshipping Allah, without remembering Allah, when they will see that even when somebody had a minimal, uh, like just minimally more um, worship or dhikr or anything than them, then how much more reward they received. وَخَيْرٌ maraddan, And it's also better in terms of the consequences. That even in this dunya, I explained this, that even in this dunya, that sometimes people realize, okay look, being religious, you'll be okay in akhirah. But what about this dunya man, you gotta suffer through the dunya. Right? You're gonna have to have a miserable existence. So no, no, this is dispelling this false idea, this false notion, and it's saying not at all, but rather khairun maraddan, such people will have a much, much better outcome. Because they'll find peace and tranquility, which you cannot buy in any store. They'll find peace of mind, peace of heart. They'll find happiness, true happiness, ghina, ghina al-qalb. They'll find these amazing things, qana'a and sabr and shukr, their contentment and patience and gratitude. Their lives will be filled, their hearts will be filled with these amazing qualities and characteristics, which is something that is not available. It's not somebody, something someone can acquire other through connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There was one other interesting thing that I, I saw in the tafsir, and I didn't have time to mention this yesterday. Khairun maraddan. Marad also comes from so the first interpretation I gave that we're using the word maraddan or we're understanding the word maradda in its more figurative meaning. That the consequences. Alright, but if we took it literally, if we took it literally, maraddan literally means a returning place. A place you return back to. So like your house could be your marad. So you leave every day in the morning and that night you go back home. That is your marad. Alright, you go back there. 
So similarly, maraddan, here it could refer to the place where they will go back. And some of the mufassirun mentioned something very, very beautiful. And they said that, where did human, as human beings, where did we originally come from? From paradise, from Jannah. From paradise, from Jannah, as human beings, Adam and Hawa. From Jannah, from paradise. And so it's better in terms of the returning place, that these people will actually end up in the place where humanity originally started. They will end up back in Jannah. So that was one little note there. <clears throat> Ayah number 77. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Afara'ayta. Afara'ayta. This word, Ara'ayta, as a question, it has the fine between there, that in conclusion, have you seen? Ara'ayta, have you seen? Afara'ayta, so in conclusion, then, therefore, have you seen? Now, that's a very formal translation, have you seen? But the way we understand in our common English, it's like, can you believe these people? Can you believe this? You know when you point at something, you show someone something, you say, can you believe this? That's what araita means. There's another term that we're going to see a few ayat down, inshallah our best effort will be to get there in ayah number 83. It has another variation of such an expression, alam tara. Alam tara. And that is with negation. The first one is more of an affirmative statement. It's a question, a rhetorical question. Have you seen this? Can you believe this? This one is with the negation. This one is with negation. So it's like, have you not seen? Like, haven't you seen this? Haven't you ever thought about that? Now, the difference between the two is there's more just complete bewilderment in the first term. The, the, the term that is affirmative, there's more bewilderment. Like, can you imagine? Do you, can, do you see this? Can you imagine that somebody does this? That somebody would say such a thing? There's more bewilderment in that term. Like, it expresses more shock. It's a more stronger tone, a more stronger term. Because of being in the affirmative. <clears throat> the second one that's in the negative, is not just in the negative, but it's also with, through the present tense, the imperfect verb. And because of that, the tone is a little bit less. And it expresses more of the tone of, have you not seen, like this is a reality, and we are stating reality for you. You need to open your eyes to reality. So the second one with the negation is more of like, this is reality, make sure you pay attention to this reality. But the first one is just total just surprise or total shock and total just being baffled by someone's words or someone's actions. Ara'ayta. So that's what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says here. He says, Ara'ayta ladhi kafara bi ayatina. Can you believe this? That these people, kafara bi ayatina, who disbelieved in our signs, who disbelieved in our signs, in our ayat, even in the verses if we apply it literally, or rather figuratively, te- uh, technically if we apply it, it's referring to the ayat of the Qur'an. Can you believe that these people who disbelieved in the ayat, our ayat, the ayat of Allah, waqala? So first of all, can you believe that somebody would not accept this? Somebody would deny this, somebody would disbelieve this. How can you disbelieve? And we talked about this at length during Surah Maryam. That looking around you, how can you just somehow come to terms with the, real, with, the, with the fact that none of this means anything to you? Your existence doesn't prove anything to you. The sun and the sky, the moon and the stars, the earth and the... It doesn't mean anything to you. It doesn't cause you to reflect for a single moment. Like, how is that possible? How is that even possible? How delusional does a human being have to be? How self-absorbed 
how self-absorbed and self-involved does a human being have to be to not be able to look around him, see all of this and not just maybe have a moment of reflection? Like something is really, really wrong. Something is wired wrong in that guy. Not only that, but then it goes further. Why such level of just surprise and just astonishment? Because it goes further. وَقَالَ وَقَالَ And he says, he said, لَأُوتَيَنَّ مَالًا وَوَلَدًا That most definitely I will be given. There's no doubt, most definitely, for sure, I will be given مَالًا Wealth وَوَلَدًا And children. And of course, mal and walad is representative of, I'll be the man. I'll have money, I'll have material things, I'll have a huge family, I'll, I'll just, I'll be living it up. I'll be the man, I'll be the envy of everyone. And this even has a story, a backstory to this. It's mentioned in both Bukhari and Muslim, that Khabab bin al-Arat, radiallahu anhu, I referenced him yesterday, the one who had the severely uh, ruined back due to, uh, the excessive torture he endured in the early days of Islam. دَيْنَا لِعَاصِ بْنِ وَائِلْ He gave a loan to a disbeliever by the name of Aas bin Wa'il. He gave him a loan. When he went to go collect his loan from this man, Aas bin Wa'il, this disbeliever, he said, I'm not going to return your loan to you. I'm not going to pay you your money back until you leave the Prophet ﷺ. Meaning you leave his company, you leave his faith, you leave all this nonsense, until less than you're not getting your money back. You're not getting your money back. Khabbab bin al-Arat radiallahu anhu was enraged, because he says, how dare you refuse, me? you refuse to give me my money. It's mine. How could you just deny me what is mine? So he got angry and he responds to him and he says, okay, I'm not going to leave the company of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam until you die and then are resurrected. And he said it as a challenge. Because he knew as a mushrik, he does not believe in life after death. So he says, just like you think coming to life, dying and then coming back to life is impossible, it is just as impossible for me to leave the company of the Prophet ﷺ. So then Aas bin Wa'il responds back, that back and forth, back and forth, he responds back saying that, uh, okay, if that is true that I will be, if you really believe that I'll die, but then I'll be resurrected, then why don't we do this? I'll pay you when I'm resurrected. I'll get you back when I'm resurrected. Alright, since you're so sure I'll be resurrected, I'll cover you then. And he says, and then, Khabbab bin Al-Arat radiallahu anhu says that, how could you, how can he say something like that? And he says, لَأُوتَيَنَّ مَالًا وَوَلَدًا he says that I am a wealthy person, I am an influential person, I am an extremely well-to-do person here in this world. So if there is, first of all, I don't think that there is, I'm mocking you here, he's saying. But if I do go ahead and accept what you're saying, that there is a life after death, then what's there to say that I won't be the man over there? If I'm rich and popular and famous here, why wouldn't I be rich and popular and famous over there? It only makes sense. And if you're a loser here, then you'll be a loser there. So if you want to talk about the life of the hereafter, you better think this through, buddy. Because the way things are going, the way things look for you right now, it doesn't look like you're going to do too well over there. And the way things look for me, I look like a winner here. So I'd rather bet my money on me. So this is what he says. He responds to him in this way. 
Khabbab bin Al-Arat radiallahu anhu goes and narrates his entire story to the Prophet sallallahu And the hadith of Bukhari says that the Prophet recited these ayats. أَفَرَأَيْتَ الَّذِي كَفَرَ بِآيَاتِنَا Can you imagine this dude? Can you imagine this guy? Can you believe this guy? First of all, he disbelieves in our signs, which is preposterous in and of itself, which shows how delusional he is. Then on top of that, he says, I'm gonna have money, and I'm gonna have children, I'm gonna have a huge family, I'm gonna be living it up over there. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reprimands him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reprimands him and says, And now that these people are mocking, and these people are making fun, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mocks them. And this is being asked almost like a rhetorical question. Did Was he able to peek into the unseen? Alright? This this word, ittala'a, and because it's ittala'a it's here because of the question that's being asked, the rhetorical question. So, the word here literally means to peek over something. It literally means to peek over something. So if you were to like peek over a wall, or peek through a hole, that's the word that would be used. So, أَطَّلَ عَلْغَيْبَ Was he able to peek into the unseen, Allah says? أَمِتَّخَذَ عِنْدَ الرَّحْمَانِ عَهْدًا Or, maybe he's got some special deal that he cut with a, with a Rahman. أَمِتَّخَذَ Or he's taken عِنْدَ الرَّحْمَانِ With a Rahman, near a Rahman عَهْدًا عَهْد is like an agreement. He has a contract. So Allah is saying, has he been able to peek into the unseen? Or does he have some, does he have some ironclad, guaranteed, lock solid, you know, steel solid contract worked out with Ar-Rahman? Is that what makes him so confident? Is that what makes him so arrogant? Is that what allows him to stand there and say, yeah, don't worry about me. You need to worry about yourself. I'm the man here, I'll be the man over there. What makes him so overly confident? Irrationally confident. Irrationally confident. What makes him so irrationally confident? Is it that he peeked into the unseen or he's got some deal worked out with the Rahman? Again, I'd like to reference to you here that the name of Allah, Ar-Rahman, is being used. The name of Allah. And this is at this point, this is the consistency of the surah. The, the attribute of Allah, Ar-Rahman, is mentioned 16 times in Surah Maryam. Because the surah overall revolves around this theme of rahmah. From the beginning of the of giving Zakariya's son Yahya in old age, to the miraculous birth of Isa alayhi salam, to the prophets that were mentioned, and the consistency of the message of prophethood, all of that is a huge, enormous mercy and blessing from Allah. And the Qur'an is the culmination of that message, right? What does Allah call the Qur'an itself? What is the Qur'an? وَنُنَزِّلُ مِنَ الْقُرْآنِ مَا هُوَ شِفَاءُ وَرَحْمَةٌ لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ مَا كَانَ حَدِيثًا يُفْتَرَى وَلَكِنْ تَزْيِقَ الَّذِي بَيْنَ يَدَيْهِ وَتَفْصِيلَ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ وَهُدًا وَرَحْمَةً The Qur'an is the ultimate form of Allah's mercy. The ultimate form of Allah's mercy. So have they been, has he been able to peek into the unseen or does he have some deal? Has he cut some deal with Ar-Rahman? And this is Allah mocking these people. Very clearly and openly mocking them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then in ayah number 79 He responds. He clarifies, if you will. Which is very interesting. And this is the clarity of the Qur'an. You know one of the attributes of, of the Qur'an, it is mubeen. It is self-evident. It is so clear, it is self-clarifying. 
And so oftentimes when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to reprimand the people, when they use a mocking tone against the messengers, or they use a mocking tone about Allah, Allah will mock them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will put them in their place. And then oftentimes right after that, it'll be stated very clearly. So first it'll mock them, so it'll pose a rhetorical question, but then afterwards it'll be said very very clearly, outright. So as to not leave even the least bit of confusion. So nobody could misunderstand, nobody could misinterpret, nobody could misread. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in ayah number 79, Kalla, Absolutely not. Kalla, Absolutely not. Just like, just completely rejecting someone. Kalla just reject someone. Like they must be delusional. That guy's lost his mind. That guy has no idea what he's talking about. سَنَكْتُبُ مَا يَقُولُ Allah says that very soon we will write مَا يَقُولُ What He says. وَنَمُدُّ لَهُ مِنَ الْعَذَابِ مَدًّا And we will extend for Him from the punishment a great extension. Now that doesn't sound very... That we need to contextualize that. We need to have that make a little more sense. Put it into more normal English. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that we very soon will write everything that he's saying. Meaning everything this guy says is being recorded down. Let him keep talking nonsense. And by this guy, who is that guy referring to? It's, it's anyone that fits the profile. It's anyone that fits the profile. It's giving you a profile of an individual. Allah says that we're recording everything he says. Don't worry, we're recording everything he says. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in Surah Al-Kahf that when that person finally comes across everything that was recorded that he ever said, فَتَرَى الْمُجْرِمِينَ مُشْفِقِينَ مِمَا فِي وَيَقُولُونَ يَا وَيْلَتَنَا They'll curse themselves. مَا لِهَذَا الْكِتَابِ What's wrong with this book? لَا يُغَادِرُ صَغِيرَةً وَلَا كَبِيرَةً إِلَّا أَحْصَاهَا It does not leave anything small or big except it's included everything. It's encompassed everything. It's taken everything into account. So that's what it's making reference to. So we're writing down everything this person says. Or such people say. وَنَمُدُّ لَهُ مِنَ الْعَذَابِ And you know previously, in ayah number 75, it said that Allah, it is befitting Ar-Rahman to give them an extension. It is befitting Ar-Rahman to give them an extension. Well guess what? Allah gave them an extension in dunya, right? Leave them be, let's see what they do, give them an opportunity, give them a chance, maybe they'll realize, maybe they'll come back around. And we should always have that perspective, we talked about that. People like Abu Sufyan accepting Islam 20 years after the da'wah started. And after spending decades fighting against the Prophet ﷺ. But nevertheless, it says that we give them an extension in dunya. We see how far they're willing to go. But Allah says, equal to the extension that we gave them in dunya, then when they finally do make their way to hell, when they finally do make their way to Jahannam, then over there, we'll also give them an extension. But now it'll be an extension in punishment. That they will be extended the worst form of punishment. They will be extended the most torturous, the most tormenting form of the punishment available in hell. وَنَمُدُّ لَهُ مِنَ الْعَذَابِ مَدًّا We gave them an extension of time in dunya, now we're gonna give them an extension of punishment in the akhirah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَنَرِثُهُ مَا يَقُولُ وَنَرِثُهُ مَا يَقُولُ Ayah number 80, Allah says, and we will inherit, we will inherit that. 
And what that is making reference to? مَا يَقُولُ That which he says. And what does he say? He says, لَأُوتَيَنَّ مَالًا وَوَلَدًا Look, I'm rich, I'm powerful, I'm influential, I have money, I have family, I have children, I have houses, I have cars. I'm the man. Allah says, well guess what? When this guy, we've given this to him, we've allowed him to enjoy this for the time being. But what happens eventually? This guy has to? He has to die, he has to leave this world. And then who inherits that? Allah says, we do. It comes back to us. We're the ones who decide where it ends up. We gave it to him, we'll take it away from him. When we want to, how we want to, whenever we want to, we'll take it away from him. And then we'll do with it whatever we want. So this guy, he brags about the fact he has all these things. He brags about the fact that because he has all these things, that somehow guarantees him to be in a great position in the hereafter. Allah is saying he doesn't have anything. What's he bragging about? Why is he so delusional? He doesn't have anything. It belongs to us, Allah says. And he had mentioned two things, right? He mentioned money and children. First one, Allah says, we will inherit what He talks about, meaning His money. Allah says, it belongs to us. We'll take it back from Him. And the second thing He bragged about was children, which was representative of the fact that I have people. I have my own people. I have a family, I got extended family, I got friends. I got people, I got a posse. Well, Allah says, وَيَأْتِينَا fardan. He will come to us fardan, alone. He will come to us, but alone. All by Himself. He'll stand all by Himself. Nobody by His side. Nobody will be there for Him. And the Qur'an even tells us that, you know, in Juz Tabarak, in the Tafsir Juz Tabarak, in Surah Al-Ma'arij, I talked about this in detail. But just perchance, when He does come across, maybe some of His family members, then what's gonna happen? يَوْمَ يَفِرُّ الْمَرْءُ مِنْ أَخِيهِ a man's running from his brother. Wa ummihi wa abihi. From his father and mother. Wa sahibatihi wa banihi. From his wife and his children. He's running from these same people. So even, first of all, he's showing up by himself. And even, even if he does see them and he does come across them and he says, Hey, I need you people. They're gonna run from him. The first thing they'll do is turn around and run from him. Wayatina fardan. He's gonna come to us alone. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in ayah number 81, وَاتَّقَذُوا Why? Why did all of this happen? Because so far I've been saying this in the present tense. If you look in ayah number 79 and 80, مَا يَقُولُ وَنَمُدُّ These are all present tense verbs. فِعَلْ مُضَارِعَ Now it switches in ayah number 81 to past tense. فِعَلْ مَاضِي So now Allah is explaining why is all of this happening to him. وَاتَّخَذُوا Because he took, because they took, now it broadens the scope, that we were just talking as a case, we were giving a profile. So it was mentioning one, but now Allah opens, broadens the scope. Everyone who fits into this profile, اِتَّخَذُوا They are all taken. مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ Aside from Allah, other than Allah. آلِهَةً Other deities, other gods. They had taken, aside from Allah, other gods and other deities. لِيَكُونُوا لَهُمْ And what was the reason? Why did they take these other deities and gods? Did they just not know any better? Maybe truth never came to them? 
They never received a message of truth in any way, shape or form? No. Nothing like that. Nothing that might want to give you maybe some level of consideration to someone. No, no, no. لَهُمْ They did take these idols and these false deities only because they wanted izza. لِيَكُونُوا لَهُمْ عِزًّا So that they could be, these idols could be for them izzan. Izzan means a source of strength, a source of confidence, a source of power. They took these idols, these false gods, as objects of worship, as deities, so that these idols could be a source of strength, a source of confidence, a source of power for them. They could exercise their power amongst the people. They could find prominence and dominance within society and community. So these people were motivated by very, very superficial things. They wanted power, they wanted influence, they wanted control. So if you speak on behalf of these idols, and you go out there and you tell people that these idols are the gods, and they're, they're, the, they're the ones you need, you need to worship, and you happen to also, by some magnificent coincidence, you happen to also be the one who speaks on behalf of the idols, then guess who's all of a sudden in charge? You are. You're the man now, you're in charge. Because you got a puppet and you let you pretend like the puppet's the one giving the instruction, but you're the one with the hand behind the puppet. لِيَكُونُوا لَكُمْ So that they could find dominance and prominence and, and, and enforce their will upon society and humanity. Allah says in ayah number 82, again, refuting them, rejecting them. كَلَّا Absolutely not. These people are completely delusional. سَيَكْفُرُونَ بِعِبَادَتِهِمْ Subhanallah. سَيَكْفُرُونَ بِعِبَادَتِهِمْ Remember, in ayah number, ayah number 75, we talked about how they had a very, very weak support system, that the people that worshipped these idols had a very weak support system. Well now here comes the elaboration. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in ayah number 82 says, كَلَّا Absolutely not. سَيَكْفُرُونَ بِعِبَادَتِهِمْ the same idols that they worshipped, the same idols that they put their money on, that they basically mortgaged their entire well-being in this dunya and the akhirah for the sake of, سَيَكْفُرُونَ بِعِبَادَتِهِمْ Those same idols, those same false de- deities, those same false gods, they will completely disown these people. سَيَكْفُرُونَ They will reject, they will disown, they will disassociate بِعِبَادَتِهِمْ from their worship. That we didn't tell you to worship us. The idol will speak on the day of judgment saying, I didn't tell you to worship me. Why were you worshiping me? I didn't tell you to. Allah, I didn't tell them to worship me. That was their problem. They, they made these decisions. They made these choices. We already talked about the ayat of Isa alayhi salam at the end of Surah Al-Ma'idah where Isa alayhi salam will stand before Allah. مَا قُلْتَ لَهُمْ إِلَّا مَا أَمَرْتَنِي بِهِ أَنِعْبُدُ اللَّهَ رَبِّي وَرَبَّكُمْ Oh Allah, I did not say to them except that which you commanded me to say to them. That they should worship Allah who is my Rabb and their Rabb. And all of your Rabb. So I didn't tell them anything beyond what you told me. فَلَمَّا تَوَفَّيْتَنِي كُنْتَ أَنْتَ الرَّقِيبَ عَلَيْهِمْ I remember, oh Allah, I left them. And when I left them, then you were watching over them. So you do with them. If you punish them, then they're your slaves. You can do as you will. If you forgive them, then you are 
Al-Aziz Al-Hakim. You are dominant and you are wise. You'll make the decision that you know is to best. You'll make the decision that you know is best. But oh Allah, I didn't tell them to do any of this. Isa alayhi salam is doing this, saying this, and anyone else that was made into an object of worship, anything else that was worshipped other than Allah, will, will similarly disown the people who worshipped it. The people who worshipped Him. سَيَكْفُرُونَ بِعِبَادَتِهِمْ وَيَكُونُونَ عَلَيْهِمْ ضِدَّةً Not only will they disassociate themselves from their worship, وَيَكُونُونَ عَلَيْهِمْ ضِدَّةً They will become, um, they will begin to argue against them. They will become opposition. يَكُونُونَ They will become عَلَيْهِمْ ضِدَّةً An opposition against them. They'll argue against them. Like Isa alayhi salam is standing before Allah and saying, I didn't tell them to do this. I did my job. Now if you want to punish them, Allah, they're your slaves. You can do as you like. They will testify against them. That's why the Prophet ﷺ taught us that beautiful supplication. Allahumma ja'alil Qur'ana hujjatan lana la hujjatan alayna. Oh Allah, make the Qur'an a hujjah, an evidence for us, not against us. Not against us. We want to be from those people on behalf of whom the Prophet ﷺ will intercede. And he will speak on our behalf, in our favor. Not those people that when they're being dragged away from the line, standing at the fountain of Al-Kawthar to drink water from the hands of the Prophet ﷺ, and the angels will come and grab these people and start dragging them and pulling them away. And the Prophet ﷺ will call out and say, Usay Habi, Usay Habi. These are my people, my people. Where do you take my people? And the, the angels will reply to the Prophet ﷺ, Innaka la tadri ma ahdathu ba'dak. إِنَّكَ لَا تَدْرِي مَا أَحْدَثُ بَعْدَكَ You don't know what these people did after you were gone. And then the Prophet ﷺ will turn his face away, سُحْقًا سُحْقًا He'll turn his face away, سُحْقًا سُحْقًا Get these people away from me, get these people away from me. We don't want to be that group of people. We want to be on the people on behalf of whom the Prophet ﷺ will argue in their favor. We want to be those people that when they go in their grave, and when the angels approach for punishment, then the Qur'an, Surah Al-Mulk, like the hadith tells us, will argue on our behalf, will defend us in our graves. Not, the one, not, not those people that when they're put in their graves, then the Qur'an will say, punish these people, they neglected me. Oh Allah, you neglect them today. They neglected me, you neglect them. So this is what this is making reference to. A similar situation, their predicament of the mushrik. And that is, that the things that they gave preference to over Allah, those same things will now argue against them. يَكُونُونَ عَلَيْهِمْ ضِدَّةِ They'll argue against them. And they said, Oh Allah, we didn't tell them to do none of this. These people are wrong for doing this. Punish them Allah, and punish them horribly. يَكُونُونَ عَلَيْهِمْ ضِدَّةِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, from here we have somewhat of a new passage beginning. It's still the same basic discourse, but it's just a little bit of a switching of gears. And here it's giving consolation to the Prophet ﷺ. Because you see, a basic human reality is that when someone is preaching and teaching to people, and, and anybody, can, anybody deals with this, any human being that's involved in teaching people, preaching to people, helping people, explaining things to people. This is a natural test of every person in that situation. Every da'i, everyone who actively preaches or teaches Islam. And that is, when you have such horrible, bad, nefarious people, like the ones who've been talked about up above, it's really difficult to not let that 
shake your faith in humanity. Because you need a certain level of optimism, even you need a certain amount of hope within the people to really do your job properly. If you're not just out there, and I talked about this earlier, you're not just out there doing empty da'wah. Hey, I'm just going out there to establish the hujjah. No, no, no. Don't ever do that. That's not why we do da'wah. That is a consequence of the da'wah, that the hujjah is established once the da'wah is given. But that's not what, what motivates us. That's not why we give da'wah. We give da'wah for the betterment of humanity. We give da'wah for the betterment of people and their condition. Both in this dunya and the akhirah. So you need a certain amount of hope within people. Like people are good, people are gonna listen, people are gonna see the sense in what I'm saying. And sometimes what can happen is when you come across people like that, it can start to kind of shake that hope or that faith that you have within people. And you can start to get to that point of like, man, it's just, there's no point to this. It's all hopeless. This is all pointless. And that's a really dangerous place to be in. Because that is that yes. لَا تَيْأَسُوا مِنْ رَوْحِ اللَّهِ لَا تَيْأَسُوا مِنْ رَوْحِ اللَّهِ Like Ya'qub told the people, told his sons and the people around him, لَا تَيْأَسُوا Do not ever despair from the mercy of Allah. إِنَّهُ لَا يَيْأَسُوا مِنْ رَوْحِ اللَّهِ إِلَّا الْقَوْمُ الْكَافِرُونَ Nobody despairs from the mercy of Allah except for people who are disbelievers, ungrateful, and disbelievers. So we can't lose hope, we can't let our, sh- our faith be shaken within people. We gotta maintain that level of optimism about people. And that hope within people. And so some consolation needs to be given here. And Rasulullah wasallam, of course, losing hope and despairing is something that is not befitting the Messenger of Allah wasallam. But nevertheless, the Prophet wasallam is addressed here as an ibra, as a lesson for us. As an ibra and as a lesson for us. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, if these people and their condition and their response and their situation is just, it's to the point where it just, it gets difficult for you to come to terms with. Like how could people be like this? How could people be like that? Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala consoles him and says, Alam tara anna? Alam tara? Haven't you seen? Meaning, have you ever, give it some thought. Haven't you ever thought about the fact? Haven't you ever reflected on what? أَنَّا أَرْسَلْنَا الشَّيَاطِينَ عَلَى الْكَافِرِينَ That most definitely we أَرْسَلْنَا الشَّيَاطِينَ That we have sent the shayateen. Shayateen al-insi wal-jinn. Both, we talked about this before, both the shayateen from the humans and the jinn. Meaning bad people who dissuade people from good and encourage them to do bad. And also the jinn like shaytan. Al-waswas, al-khannas, that same shaytan. Shaitan al-Rajim. So either way, it's saying shayateen, meaning regardless of whether it's bad people, or it is the shayateen, like jinn, the shaitan al-Rajim. That haven't you seen that we have sent the shayateen ala al-kafirina upon the kuffar? Now what does that mean? We have sent them upon them. We have sent the shayateen upon the disbelievers. This is a figure of speech within classical Arabic. They would say, أَرْسَلَ الرَّجُلُ الْكَلْبَ عَلَى الصَّيْدِ أَرْسَلَ الرَّجُلُ The man sent الْكَلْبَ The dog عَلَى الصَّيْدِ Upon the Uncle is saying shikar, that's what we do. Uh, but I'm trying to think, whatever it is that you're hunting, 
pray, there we go. I was blanking. My brain was breaking its wudu. So, um, that's a little term I came up with, all right? It's a little bit cleaner. It's a little more family friendly, all right? <laughs> but, so, the, they would say that, Arsala Rajulu, the man sent the al-kalb, the dog, upon the prey. The man sent the dog upon the prey. That's, what, what, the, what, that's basically what we say in English, that the man sick the dog on the prey. You know when you sick an animal onto the prey? You sick the dog onto the prey, you say, go get him. Go get him. So that's what it's talking about. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, don't, we see, don't you see that we let the shayateen loose upon these people? We set them loose on these people. Like a dog would be set loose on the prey. Like you would set a wild, like a hunting animal loose onto the prey. That same way we let the shayateen loose onto these people. Why? Because they were al-kafirin. They were ungrateful to Allah. Very, very ungrateful to Allah. To the point of disbelief. And at that point, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, we, should this, we set the shayateen loose upon these people. We turn these people into prey for the shayateen. We turn them into a plaything for the shayateen. And the reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ma- explaining this, is to let the Prophet ﷺ know that when these people, people like Abu Jahl, people like Abu Lahab, when they are just so out of their minds, when they are so out of their minds, when they are so beyond common sense, when they are so beyond even talking to, don't let that shake your faith in humanity. Don't let, don't, don't let that force you giving up hope within people. Rather what you need to understand is those few people that are just completely out of their minds, that are beyond even speaking to, they are the playthings of shayateen. So just like you don't, you say, أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ Consider these people something that you just take refuge with Allah from. Just also consider these people to also be something that you take refuge with Allah from. تَأُزُّهُمْ azza. And what do the shayateen do with these people? تَأُزُّهُمْ تَأُزُّهُمْ azza. They shake them up. Really, really severely they shake them up. Literally means to shake something up. Alright, and, and it's used in a more figurative meaning when you motivate, when you instigate, when you push someone to do bad things. When you instigate, when you motivate, when you encourage people to do bad things. And that's what it's making reference to. That these shayateen are constantly just shaking things up. They're constantly shaking them up. They're constantly keeping them moving. Hey, do this. Now do this. Now go and do that. Now this is a good idea. Now that's a good idea. Now you want to do this. Now you need to do this. They're constantly just giving them bad idea after bad idea after bad idea. And these people, because of how just rotten they are from the inside, from their core, every bad idea they get, they say, oh, fantastic, great, something else for me to do. And they follow every single little bad idea that's given to them. So the purpose of explaining this here. And by, uh, the purpose of explaining this here is to let the Prophet ﷺ know that these people just take refuge with Allah from these people. They're bad, bad people. They're a test for other people. They're a test. They have become the shayateen al-ins. They have become the shayateen from the human beings. They're just a test for you and for other people. So just say, أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ rajim And that's it. And you go about your business. But don't assume the vast majority of people to be like these people, because they're not. These are the playthings of shayateen. These are the playthings of shaitan. Leave them be. But the vast majority of people, they're an open book. The vast majority of the people, they're a blank canvas. You need to go and do your work. 
Because your work is going to have an impact on them. They're going to listen to you. They're going to understand what you're saying. So you got to stick it through. And today we have to have the same mentality. Not that we're writing people off because we're not in a position to do that. We can never do that. And we talked about Abu Sufyan. It would have been easy to uh, write Abu Sufyan off after 10 years, after 12 years, after 15 years, after 18 years. But what you wouldn't have realized is 20 years later, he was going to find his way back. He was going to come around 20 years later. So we never write people off. But at the same time, what we do come to terms with the reality is that when people are just extremely problematic, when people begin to frustrate you, and there's only going to be a couple of people, when they get to that point where they just completely fluster you and frustrate you, to the point where you don't even want to do anything anymore, at that time, the proper course of action is, say Allah knows best what will happen with these people, I'm in no position to pass a judgment, but dealing with these people constantly is only going to frustrate me more. I will leave them to Allah, and I'll go work with the people that are willing to listen. I will leave them to Allah, and I'll go work with the people that are willing to listen. And that's the course of action. We see at the end of... We see at the end of Surah Al-A'raf, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, ayah number 199 in Surah Al-A'raf, He says a similar thing. Advice for community building. خُذِ الْعَفْوَ وَأْمُرْ بِالْعُرْفِ so be easy going with the people. Let things go. Forgive people for what they do wrong. Don't have hold every little. Don't have hold everyone accountable for every little thing that they do. Wa'mur bil urf and keep a very positive, motivating environment. Be positive, positively enforce people. But what do you do with the people who are just negative? What do you do with people who just their mo is to be negative? Wa'arid anil jahilin. You just gotta ignore them. وَإِذَا خَاتَبَهُمُ الْجَاهِلُونَ قَالُوا Peace out. Right? So when they're confronted by ignorant people, what do they say? Salaman. Translates to peace out. Why is everybody laughing? Alright? Okay, so قَالُوا سَلَامًا I'll talk to you later. Just because that's the only way you're gonna maintain your sanity. That's the only way you're gonna maintain your perspective. That's the only way you're gonna be able to make sure that you don't get frustrated to the point dealing with this person that's just out to pick a fight with you. Somebody that just wants to mess with you for the sake of messing with you. That you won't get frustrated to the point that when you're moving on and the next person you talk to is somebody who sincerely needs your help and comes up to you and asks you a very honest, sincere question and that person is going through a crisis of faith that you don't lash out at that person. That you don't lash out at that person. That you don't take your aggravation out on that person. And shatter someone's heart. How do you make sure you don't end up in that, you don't get burned out emotionally in that way? Sometimes you just gotta cut your losses. And it's not even losses. Allah knows best. Maybe they will come back. Allah knows best. But what I gotta do is I gotta make sure I'm able to maintain an air of positivity of how I conduct myself, how I engage with the people. فَأَلَمْ تَرَ أَنَّا أَرْسَلْنَا الشَّيَاطِينَ عَلَى الْكَافِرِينَ تَأُزُّهُمْ أَزَّنَ And then of course we have the emphasis there at the end. تَأُزُّهُمْ أَزَّنَ These shayateen are constantly messing with them. So these people are basically shayateen in human form. They're the playthings of shaitan. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then says, فَلَا تَعْجَلَ عَلَيْهِمْ Ayah number 84. فَلَا تَعْجَلَ عَلَيْهِمْ So don't rush in regards to them. 
Don't rush in regards to them. Meaning, when will the punishment come on them? When will these people be destroyed? When will these people be eradicated? When will these people be taken care of? No, no, no. Don't rush that. Leave it be. Basically, what the Prophet ﷺ is being told, and through the Messenger of Allah ﷺ, what we are being taught, you do your job, let us, our do, let us do our job. Holding them accountable, showering stones from the heavens, you know, anger and wrath, thunder and lightning, that's not your job. That's our job, Allah is saying. Let us do our job. We'll take care of them when we think it's best to take care of them. You need to keep doing your job. And it's, while that sounds almost like it's reprimanding, there is a tone of that. There is a tone of that. Listen, know your place. You do your thing, you do your job, you do what you've been told to do, let us take care of that when the time comes. We'll take care of it. But also, when you read ahead, فَلَا تَعْجَلَ عَلَيْهِمْ So don't rush in regards to them. إِنَّمَا نَعُدُّ لَهُمْ عَدًّا Allah says, we are counting for them very, very precisely, every little thing. إِنَّمَا نَعُدُّ لَهُمْ We are counting for them every little thing. A full-scale counting. So, while it is a little bit of an instruction, not quite so much a reprimand, it's kind of a, an instruction, but there is more consolation within it. But at the same time, don't worry. Don't think we're gonna let them off the hook. Don't think that we're gonna let them off the hook, because we're not. We're counting each and every single little thing. And that's why when you read the ayah, إِنَّمَا نَعُدُّ لَهُمْ عَدًّا this is called maf'ul mutlaq. So when I said maf'ul mutlaq like three days ago, the full-time students, they understood what I was talking about. Now the summer students know what I'm talking about as well. Alright? Maf'ul mutlaq. So it's for that emphasis, those exclamation points, those exclamation marks. That's what it's doing here. إِنَّمَا نَعُدُّ لَهُمْ We are counting for them, meaning everything they say, everything they do, every little thing that they've done wrong. We're counting every single little thing. Adan. Very, very precisely, accurately, completely. Every little thing. And I already referenced that ayah from Surah Al-Kahf, which says that these people will literally look there and they'll say, وَوَجَدُوا مَا عَمِلُوا حَاضِرًا They'll find every single thing that they had ever done, right there in that book, staring them in the face. مَالِ هَذَا الْكِتَابِ What's wrong with this book? What's wrong with this book? So Allah says, don't worry. We're recording everything that they do, we're counting every little thing that they do, and they'll be held accountable for every little thing. إِنَّمَا نَعُدُّ لَهُمْ عَدًّا Completely take them to account. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, ayah number 85, يَوْمَ نَحْشُرُ الْمُتَّقِينَ Subhanallah, look at the mercy of Allah. I told you that the attribute of Allah being Ar-Rahman is mentioned 16 times in this surah. I think two more times remains. We've, we've read it, we've seen it 14 times. The attribute of Allah's mercy being mentioned. However, how do we see the mercy of Allah in the surah itself? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, listen, these people are bad. But then look at the mercy of Allah, then He explains, okay look, why are they bad? They're bad because they're the playthings of shayateen, shaitan. And the shaitans are always messing with them, and these people listen to the shaitans, that's why they're bad. 
Then, however, he said, so I don't want you to ru- I don't want you to demand punishment and rush things. You do your job, we'll do our job. Allah is saying. But then Allah says, in the man But at the same time, don't worry, we're not going to let them off the hook. You see, that's mercy. That's mercy. Like when a teacher or a parent gives instruction, do this. It's done, right? He's the authority. Do it. That's it. Why? Because I said so. Because I told you so. You, that could happen. That can be said. And if anybody can ever say that, then it is Allah. If any, anyone is in a position to say that, is Allah. But nevertheless, what is mercy from the teacher or mercy from the parent? I want you to do this because of these reasons. Because it will benefit you in this way. Because of this, because of that. When that explanation is provided, that is a form of mercy. Allah is explaining, Don't worry, I'm not going to let them off the hook. I'm going to take them fully to account. We're going to count every little thing that they've done. Also, don't worry, this is not some open-ended deal. That when is that time going to come when you finally hold them accountable? Because these people are doing, because you have to understand the perspective of Rasulullah and the Sahaba, these people are being, day and night are being oppressed by these people. These people are being tortured by these people. Like I talked about yesterday. So when is it finally going to happen? Look at the mercy of Allah. He, he's, he's giving them the answers. He says in ayah number 85, muttaqina On the day that we will gather, on the day that we will gather, Al-Hashar means to gather people from different places, different times, different situations, all into one place. Unified, united into one place. So the day that we will gather, Al-Muttaqeen, those people who were God conscious. Ila Rahman. Where will we gather them to? To Ar Rahman. Again, the attribute of Allah being Ar Rahman. We will gather all of the good people, all of the people that were God conscious, that were make, that made these that lived their life with the awareness of the fact that Allah was watching them. Allah listens to them. Allah knows everything that they do, and they have to go back and answer to Allah. That we will gather all of such people together. Ila Rahman to Ar Rahman. To Allah, wafdan, wafdan, in the form of delegations. In the form of delegations. Alright? This is hal. Wafdan, this is the hal. Alright? So this is describing the condition, the situation. So we will gather all of such these good people together to Ar Rahman, wafdan, in delegations. And what's the significance of saying in delegation? That's a sign of respect and honor. You know, delegations are what are are sent from one head of state to another head of state. They are received by the heads of state. They are honored and respected and welcomed. Red carpet, the works. At the same time, this has a very basic human uh, explanation as well. Remember, when it described in ayah number 80, the bad people, what did it say? How will they arrive to Allah? وَيَأْتِينَا fardan Individually. All by yourself. And already you're in a bad situation, and it's a very scary place, and it's a scary time, and then being by yourself, that's what? Further enhances that fear that you feel. But these people will be in a group, because it's natural human nature. It's, it's human beings, we like being in groups. 
We like having friends. We like having family. We like being amongst friends and family. So it's describing that element that they'll be amongst their group. And even that respect and that honor that I was talking about, what's a sign of somebody being a position, uh, in a position of great respect and honor? They have a security detail. Alright? In today's culture, like with athletes and entertainers, everybody's got a... Everyone's got a posse. Everyone rolls with their boys. Everyone's got a posse. So it's one basketball player with 35 people traveling with him. Which makes no sense, but nevertheless happens, mashallah. Alright? And so that's that same element because human beings find respect and dignity and honor in that. Like, yo, I roll up in eight cars. Alright? You hate the environment, but sure. Right? But that's, it's just human nature. People find honor and dignity in that. Respect in that. So, يَوْمَ نَحْشُرُ الْمُتَّقِينَ إِلَى الرَّحْمَنِ وَفْدَى Every believer is going to be rolling with a posse on the Day of Judgment. Gathered all together, lined up before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But Allah says, وَنَسُوقُ الْمُجْرِمِينَ SubhanAllah. وَنَسُوقُ الْمُجْرِمِينَ But we will bring, نَسُوقُ We will drive. And the word سَاقَ يَسُوقُ is used to talking about like, you know how you kind of drive cattle along? Like a cattle drive? Everybody know what I'm talking about? Yes, no? Not real Texans? You have no idea? Happens all the time. Every other weekend, just down the street. No, it doesn't. Alright? But nevertheless. Alright? Like, so like driving cattle, like a cattle drive. So when like the ranchers will move the cattle from one place to another, so they kind of round them up and they drive them along, they move them along. Yeah, yeah, they're making noise and they're screaming and they're hitting them and they're throwing things at them and they shoot the gun off and scare them so that they get moving a little bit. They're animals, they're, they're stupid animals. And they're driven along, they're herded along like stupid animals are done. You know, like the way you're supposed to. Look at, this is the word Allah uses for these people. وَنَسُوقُ الْمُجْرِمِينَ That we will drive along, we will herd along, like cattle, the mujrimin, the convicted criminals. إِلَى جَهَنَّمَ But what are they being led to? What are they being led to? We will lead them, the mujrimin, the convicted criminals, to what? إِلَى جَهَنَّمَ To the gates of the fire of hell. Wirdan. Wirdan. And that is where they will enter. That will lead them all the way up. And I explained the term wurud. وَلَمَّا وَرَدَ It is to reach the boundary of something, to reach the limit of something. We will lead them all the way up to the gate. That's why I said the gates of hell. The boundary of hell. And from there they'll be handed off to the security forces. From there they'll be handed over to Malik. Khazinu Jahannam. So they'll be led all the way up to there. And the interesting thing about the word wirdan is that's also the same word that is used to talk about when you take an animal to a watering hole. When you take an animal to a watering hole, a thirsty animal, that's, that's called warada. Wurud. Wurudul ma. Same term. So Allah uses not one but two terms that are used for like stupid animals, dumb animals. Allah uses two such terms for these people. وَنَسُوقُ الْمُجْرِمِينَ إِلَىٰ جَهَنَّمَ وِرْدًا إِلَىٰ جَهَنَّمَ وِرْدًا The last thing, inshallah, it's time for Salat al-Aisha. The last thing I just wanted to point out here between these two ayat 85 and 86. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about the muttaqeen, He uses the word نَحْشُرُ to gather them. When He talks about the mujrimin, He uses the word نَسُوقُ نَسُوقُ We will drive them, we will move them along. 
We will push them along. We will lead them along. Why different terms? Because we do see in a different place in Surah Tuzumar, the same term is used for both the people of Jannah and the people of El. Wasiqa al-Ladina. But because by virtue that it's being used for the people of Jannah, there it's being used in its figurative meaning. See, there is the there is a situation whenever you have a word, you have the issue of is it being used haqiqatan or majazan? Is it being used very literally? Is it being used in the meaning of like driving along cattle like in like a stupid animal? Or is it being used in the more figurative sense that no, you're just leading someone along? Like in the figurative, figurative sense, it's used like a driver of a car is called sa'iq. It's not calling the driver of a car like a cattle driver or something. It's what that basically means. It's being used in the figurative sense. In Surah Al-Zumar, it's used there in the figurative sense. And the way the qarina, you whenever you use something in the figurative sense, you need a qarina. You need an indicator. Qara'in, you need indicators. The qarina there is because it's being used for the people of Jannah. That in and of itself is the qarina. And it's also being used in the majhul form. It's being used mabni al-majhul. Alright, it's being used in the passive form. Wasiqa, siqa. Wasiqa al-ladina. So that's the difference between here and there. The other, so, but here we see very distinctly, Allah uses a different term for people of Jannah, and a different term for the people of hell. Why does He use the word gathering for the people of Jannah? Because what does Allah say? Wafdan. They'll come in groups and in delegations. Why does Allah use the word nasuku? We'll move them along, we'll drive them along. Because what did Allah already tell us? Will the people of hell come in delegation and in groups? Do they get to roll in posses? No, they don't. وَيَأْتِينَا fardan. And I want you to imagine, I want you to get the visual. You ever seen, again, hopefully, probably, you haven't seen this in, your, in real life. So maybe at least you've at least seen it in, uh, in a movie or on TV. You know criminals, how they're lined up, and they're shackled in their chain. They don't, they're not lined up next to each other. One behind another, behind another, behind another. And they're shackled and chained and they're moved along. That's the image. That's how disbelievers, that's how bad people will be brought along to Jahannam. But good people, it'll be like they'll be walking in groups. Like, you ever seen families kind of just walking through the park? You ever seen families or groups of friends walking through a park? How they're kind of like, they're walking four or five next to each other, kind of like in a group, in a circle, and they're just kind of moving along, and they're laughing, and they're joking, and they're talking, and they're playing. That's the image of the people, good people going to Jannah. And the bad people going to hell are those criminals lined up in a single line, file line, shackled and chained, being led to hell. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from the people of Jannah. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us from being the people of hellfire. We'll go ahead and we'll end here inshallah. Jazakumullah khairan. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.